Hello, everyone, and welcome to the PPC Show, brought to you by AdStage Media Productions. I am Paul Wicker. And I'm J.D. Prater. And today is September 20th, 2019, and these are your top headlines in paid marketing. Uh, the top headline is, I'm 40. Yeah, old man. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, you, wait, birthday last weekend, it says in the notes. Did you also have a birthday last weekend? Yeah, our birthdays are close. Remember? What? No, yeah. I don't remember. I have Mine an old was, man. Uh, last right. Sunday. What? My birthday September 8th. When's yours? 15th. Wow. We're a All week right. apart. Sweet. But you're not 40. 36. Yeah, so back off, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you did, uh, what did you do for your birthday? Whatever it is, I bet mine was much less physically active. <laughs> uh, Meg got me surfing lessons, which is really hard. Um, the first day, I so I had them Saturday and Sunday, two-hour lessons each day. Saturday, I went out, and the conditions were just ripe for getting pummeled. It was like <laughs> the worst possible conditions to learn in. And I thought, this is the worst sport ever. Like, why would you want to do this? Then I go out Sunday, and the conditions were perfect, and it was so much easier. I got up every time, rode some waves. And I even posted a video on Twitter. You guys can go check it out. It's uh, me and my baby wave. Nice. Yeah, it really is. Conditions are like 80%. But it's great. On your second day, you, you stood up and rode. And that that's not easy. Uh, I've tried. <coughs> I don't know. I've been surfing maybe 10, 12 times. Oh, wow. Uh, maybe more than that. If you count when I lived in New Jersey. Believe it or not, people surf in New Jersey. People oh, on the I West no Coast idea. think that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Jersey Shore, there's waves. You can surf. The waves are pretty tiny. And then I surf down in South America a little bit and then out here every now and then. But I, I fall a lot. And you're right. The hardest part of surfing is getting back out. After oh, my gosh. You go all the way, oh. you ride a wave in. And then if the waves are pretty big, like especially West Coast, the waves are so powerful. Like paddling all the way out is exhausting. Exhausting. Like, are your shoulders oh just so tired? Done. I had no idea. Again, like I really thought it was going to be a workout, but like I thought it was going to be leg workout. I had no idea. Like my arms were fried. So in the first day, again, I got stuck in the middle. And the middle is when all the waves just keep pounding you and you can't get out of the sets. Like there's like usually a set of like four waves or something. I caught the first wave, I fall down, and then I'm just stuck getting pummeled, pummeled pummeled and I just can't get out right <laughs> it's just like this sucks I use so much energy in my first 30 minutes so the last hour and a half I was just laying there <laughs> like please can we just well, go home <laughs> I just went to Panama actually just it was a year ago almost exactly uh, it was in November and I went with my girlfriend and some family and my dad surfs and I've surfed like I said I don't know a bunch of times so we're like, oh, let's go surfing. There's a great beginner spot. So it's a beach break. It's not like a reef or a cliff or anything crazy. So we go there and, you know, you take a boat and you, you know, I don't hop out of the boat. You surf from a boat. Um, so we do that. And my girlfriend never surfed before. The, the instructor, who's like this Panamanian dude that, you know, is just the surfer bro. Literally, she gets on the board. He's, he just starts yelling at her, paddle, paddle, paddle. She's flailing around. He takes the back of the board because you could stand where it was. Like uh, it was maybe yeah. only like four feet deep. And he just pushes her. She catches the wave, stands up, rides it in. Her first attempt at a wave, she stood up, rode it like all the way to the beach. And then, uh, then of course, had no idea how to paddle back out because he gave her zero instructions <laughs> on that part, which like, you know, is the hardest part, but... I mean, my father and I were, you know, falling over, missing waves and all that, and she's just going in. But getting the boost from behind is is very key. key. 
is key. Yeah, I mean, for two days, I mean, he was just pushing me. Uh, yeah. Because my timing is awful. He was like, all right, you want to try to catch one on your own? I'm like, yeah. And I go out, and I'm like, <laughs> this is not even close. <laughs> yeah, it's when I, I served in Nicaragua, and the waves were massive. They were, like, head high, you know, when they're, like, as mm. high as your head, and double head high. And I had one break, like, right on me, and I almost oh. died. It's a crazy story. I, like, I was near paralyzed, underwater, wrapped in my leash. I, like, crawled up on the beach. So that was my, like, whoa, uh, I'm not invincible, and surfing can be dangerous if you just mess around. Because on the East Coast, the waves aren't that strong. So even if a wave gets you in the worst possible way, you can kind of ride it out, hold your breath, you'll be okay. I used to be a lifeguard, so I was like, I've, I you know, swam in hurricane-sized waves. And I went to the West Coast, and they just destroyed me. So Yeah. A whole new appreciation, like uh, the science that these people know about waves, timing, the their their pacing, the wind conditions, like they just know it instinctively, right? And I'm out there looking at what they're looking at, and I'm like, what do you see? Like, right. how do you know that that's going to like happen <laughs> right here in the next 10 seconds? And I need yeah. to start pedaling now. How did you see that? <laughs> yeah, you got to put in some serious time to get to get good at it. And that's why they're all jacked. You never see a fat surfer. Oh, it is so ripped. A an excellent workout. Okay, so this is uh, surf the surf show now. Surf show. Yeah, let's go surfing one of these days. You and I will just look like idiots falling over down there in Santa Cruz. Come on um, down. Right. My 40th, I went uh, camping. Well, we rent a house now. We call it camping. And then uh, <laughs> threw the football around, threw the baseball around, threw the, like, every type of sporting event. And then I woke up with a rotator cuff injury because <laughs> I, I threw up my arm in baseball now a week later, and it's still killing me. So that's just a perfect 40th birthday uh, for oh, me. Uh, all right. Let's get into the news because we have a lot to cover, especially a lot from Facebook. So Facebook has been... Uh, just launching things left and right. Um, the first one you shared actually about their brand. So apparently they do some survey every year about brand loyalty. And it looks like Facebook went from number 24 down to number eight. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. You know, being in uh, eighth place in 2018 and now they're down to 24. And it, like what's crazy, the opposite side of that too is like you see Twitter. Twitter jumped from 23rd to 11th. And I'm like, Twitter? How did, again, like, if this presidential candidate, if there are a candidate, like the actual president plus candidates, if they weren't on Twitter so much, I, I just I, I just wonder about its, you know, role in our everyday lives. But they are making some improvements. That said, Facebook, man, taking a hit. Eighth place, going from top 10 all the way down to number 24 as loyalty. And I honestly don't blame them. I mean, uh, I definitely have dropped my loyalty to that, to that company for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, in the top kind of... 10-ish. They're the only ones that really, I think, move. So the people you expect, like number one and two, Amazon, Google, haven't moved. And you have Samsung, Amazon, uh, Apple, Netflix. Why is Amazon in here twice? Amazon for video? For retail plus uh, tablets. Isn't that crazy? And then so, video streaming. Amazon just crushes it. People oh, yeah. love Amazon. And Apple. Apple and Amazon are in the top five. Apple's in the top five three times. Yeah. One for smartphones, one for tablets, and one for... Oh, I lied. That's it. Uh, yeah, okay. But check out Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Chick-fil-A, number yeah. 13. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Chick-fil-A, but isn't that amazing? Like, you're you're only, you're closed one day a week. Like, that's what's so impressive. You know, yeah. they're only open six days a week. And They've been in the news loyalty. a lot because of that whole uh, Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich versus Popeye's oh, chicken sandwich. I think maybe the funny. timing of the survey took advantage of that. 
some more tactical things from Facebook. They also launched some new ad formats. What, what do you think of these? Are you going to use any of these new formats? Uh, you know, they're all like just like expansions, right? Expansions on existing capabilities. So we're going to see poll ads, playables, and augmented reality ads. So uh, augmented reality ads, I mean, again, no one's there yet. This is this this is a big brand. This is like so forward thinking. Uh, um, that's going to be a while. That's going to be a long time. But poll ads, yeah, I mean that that makes sense. I'm always surprised that Twitter doesn't do more of these because again, anytime you ask a question and you get feedback, surprise, surprise, people like that. Surprise, surprise, Cora. Anyway, no. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I had to plug it in there real quick. But uh, no, I think these are pretty good. I specifically like poll ads because I do think that they're the most engaging. I just don't think AR is there yet. Right. And if you're in gaming, obviously, playables have been huge. Uh, you're seeing playables kind of expand. Uh, Google in you know, display inventory playables we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, but now apparently some other brands are trying playables. So Vans, the sneaker brand, if you're a cool uh, skateboarder or just you know a middle-aged guy who grew up with Vans as a brand that never actually touched a skateboard like myself. Oh, that's me. Uh, oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, that's both of us, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I didn't actually skateboard, but I wore all the clothing. Um, and I've already told you my surfing skill, and I wore all the surfing clothes. But, you know, that's how it is. Uh, they tried the – they, like, built a little cartoon game where you, like, ride down a mountain or do something uh, with the legendary – skate icon Steve Van Doren who I've never heard of shows you how much of a skater I am uh, and they ran a test they saw 4.4 lift in ad recall and 2.4 uptick in favorability related to the playable ad so I guess that's good you know the numbers with these announcements are always good and if you want to do the AR ads that is uh, Facebook invite only you have to apply to do the AR ads but the other two are available natively and did you did you get affected by the pixel outage, the Facebook conversion pixel? I should clarify. No, outage. I mean I saw this playing out, right? So this happened between September 16th and the 17th. So if you saw some weird, uh, you know, results in your Facebook ads, uh, go check it out. If you haven't, like go go double check your data, right? Uh, Facebook looks like it's only going to be like a, a small percentage that this actually impacted, but there's definitely some unexpected fluctuations with custom audiences and dynamic ads volume. So go, go make sure that you're, you're looking at that. If you're using those products specifically the 16th and 17th, that would have been Monday and Tuesday of this last week, go in, check it out. Uh, you're not, you're not alone. Uh, some other people ran into this issue as well. Wait, it's Friday the 20th. So it was this week. Okay, that's what you said, this Monday week. and Tuesday of this Monday week. Monday and Tuesday of this week. Th this week. Oh, but maybe you're hearing this on Monday the 23rd, so it was last week. No, you're going to get this out today. <laughs> now you sound like <laughs> our marketing team. Uh, Instagram put some restrictions on diet and cosmetic surgery ads. So you know, many weeks we talk about all the efforts now by the search and social networks to try to control some of the negativity and some of the uh, social damage being uh, inflicted upon the people and this is an effort by instagram to try to uh, restrict some of these ads that are you know could be pretty negative for especially younger users yeah i mean again there are some some restrictions right so it's not all of them so if you're out there with diet or cosmetic stuff like don't have to worry about it so it is uh really restricting posts for users that are under 18 years old that are promoting the use of weight loss products or cosmetic procedures with 
an incentive to buy or includes a price. So you, you have to have all of those factors under 18, weight loss, cosmetic, and the incentive to buy. Like this, it, there's a lot there that will right. not meet those and it will still get through. Right. But if you're over 18, you'll still see lose belly fat. Uh, you know, <laughs> these pills for 19.99. I mean, it's amazing. Drink this tea, you know. Right. It's amazing how big the health industry is right now. You could buy anything. This is a total side note. I'll keep it quick. I just saw an article about crystals. You know, people who use like healing crystals. Where is uh, this going? <laughs> right. And it wasn't about the crystals themselves, which... Some might say are dubious in nature uh, about their ability to cure people, but more about the industry behind it and that they're like mined in these poor countries. I mean, it's like Blood Diamond. If you ever saw that movie with Leo DiCaprio about like diamond mines in South Africa and like the horrible working conditions and essential, essentially slave labor, it's like all that for healing crystals. So it's just ironic that the people who are like, oh, you know, open your chakra and peace and love are like giving you a blood diamond to, to hold in your hand or whatever. Weird side note, but I, I just saw that this morning, so I thought I should add it in. Has to be targeting Marin County. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a healing crystal or two <laughs> up there. Uh, so Facebook also launched Portal TV. Uh, we won't talk about this too much because who cares, but uh, it's a bunch of new hardware products uh, in the Portal line. So for 149 bucks, you can buy a set-top box that lets you watch TV, hang out with your friends, um, use an AI camera, you can use the in-house voice assistant and a whole bunch of other crap that they put in there. Uh, you can do some AR gaming. I'm sure those games are real fun. Uh, but, you know, Facebook and, you know, Alexa, Facebook, Google Home, everybody's trying to win the the battle for the home thing, whatever you want to call it, the in-home portal thing. Uh, but I don't know. We kind of had like a big boom of them last year, and now nobody really seems to care. I don't know anyone that actually uses Portal. Do you? Exactly. Mm. That's the point I want to make. No one's using it. I just don't see the market wanting this. So here's my prediction, Paul. If we're going to do wins and predictions and fails, like mm -hmm. our, our favorite pivot, Facebook should just buy Roku. Uh. If you want to in, right, if you want into homes, I think f Roku has like over 20 million you know, subscribers, you know, like just go buy them. That's true. Just go buy them. You have tons of money. Go buy them. Now you have an instant access instead of trying to like be the pipes, right. And to own the content and then negotiate content. Like we're seeing content getting distributed rather than solid, you know, consolidating right now. So anyway, go to Roku because Roku is also not owned by any, right. You know, they're on their own. Hmm. Amazon already has their own thing. Google has their own thing. And now Apple has their own thing. But, hey, if you want into the homes, go buy go buy the hardware. Yeah, it's a good idea. Because one of the new hardware things they did launch, too, is like a stick, just like the Amazon Fire Stick or whatever. Mm -hmm. You can just plug into your TV. So they really are just competing directly. Speaking of, actually, the next article about them trying to take on YouTube. So not only is Facebook trying to roll out hardware to get in your home, but they're trying to also enhance the video experience so people are more likely to spend time watching video on YouTube and Instagram you know, they rolled out, I think it's called Facebook Watch or Instagram Live Watch or something like that. Basically, their TV version. And they announced a bunch of features for folks who do kind of live streaming at scale. So professional broadcasters, uh, they gave them a bunch of capabilities they were missing. Things like a rehearsal feature so you can broadcast live only to page admins on your Facebook page. So you can kind of work out the kinks before you really go live. And folks like QVC have been using this. 
since they broadcast live on Facebook for hundreds of hours per month, apparently. Um, Crazy. And then other things like trimming the live video from the front and end, which I wish we had. We did a few live Facebook videos back in the day of this show. It was too much work for us to set it up and get streaming and all that stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I wish we could trim because the first five minutes was always us trying to get the camera working and the audio and all that. So we could have used that. Uh, and lastly, they, there's a bunch of, uh, who are, you know, the, whatchamacallit crowd, the influencer crowd on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So people who run video on Instagram, uh, they can use, I forget what it's called. There's like a Facebook portal for like creating videos and managing your videos. And then you can now do things like uh, schedule them. So you could schedule when your videos run on Instagram, uh, and you could do you know mess with the publishing schedule so you could kind of publish things, which apparently you could do for a long time if you use Facebook partners. But as usual, Facebook's like that's a good idea. We'll just add it to Facebook and put our Facebook partner out of business. Yep, that's what they do. I mean, it's classic. But I don't know. I mean. This one is so tough. They they just they want to own too much, in my opinion. And when you try to own all video, all time spent on the internet, all social connections, all messaging, all businesses, all advertising, I mean, it's just like at some point I'm like, what what are you? You know, what are you becoming? And so that I don't know. That to me just sounds sounds like an identity crisis. I don't know, but maybe I'm wrong. Because well, the vid- next part is the oversight board, which is laughable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Zuckerberg uh, had said many times in Congress, you know, don't trust me. Uh, you should you should regulate us, government. Uh, you know, we have too much power. And now he created his own 40-member oversight board that will review, uh, like, the decisions made by Zuckerberg and Facebook in general. And that oversight board will allow um, – oh, sorry, it's 11 to 40 members – not necessarily 40 members, so it could be could be smaller. Um, and it's just basically any decision that gets, uh, you know, people want to appeal the decision or, you know, question the decision, they can overrule them. And Zuck says the board's decision will be binding even if I or anyone at Facebook disagrees with it. Yeah. Okay, binding decision, I get it. But, like, are you – this? I guess for me it didn't go far enough of, like – but, like – uh, are these like permanent? Like, what if you don't like the people on the board? Do you get rid of them? Hey, what if you don't like the decision? Do you have to implement it? Like, it says binding, and you may disagree with the decision, but do you still have to go and do that thing? I think that's where I was kind of left wondering uh, with all of this. And then again, I, 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 it goes back to they keep saying, oh, like we're too big. You just need to let us regulate ourselves because, you know, we're just too big. And then they come out and they say stuff like, like, you should regulate us. And they just know this is going to take forever. And so I liked uh, today, again, on Pivot, uh, Mr. Scott Galloway was talking about how this is just delay and obfuscation. Why can't that word come out? You need to be an MIU. Obfuscation? Yeah, see? Okay, all right, all right, all right. So, yeah, again, it's it's delaying, right? And in, in, it's just, it's it's theater, it's banter. There's no real teeth to any of this. Yeah, it does say, I mean, because the things that the board can do, according to at least this article, is review appeals to policy decisions, uh, like content takedowns. So those are, like, pretty minor, you know, like, can we take, should we take down this video of something terrible? I mean, that's not exactly, like super important to Facebook, and it can make recommendations for changes. So we'll see what it actually has oversight of. 
So let's move on to Microsoft. We have a quick one on audience targeting for search ads. Uh, I normally ignore most things Microsoft, so I didn't read this. Well, what's up <laughs> with Microsoft? This is an easy one. Uh, this one is just getting parity with Google Ads, right? So uh, helping you uh, within your audience targeting. So now you can target your ads based on the products that the person has viewed. And they can also target Microsoft audiences similar to their own customers. So this is that like lookalike type of audiences. So uh, both are in open beta. So contact your your representative if you want to get into these things uh, as they should be rolling these things out in probably within the holiday uh, season approaches. Probably in the next couple of months. So take yeah. I mean, it's September 20th. I can't believe that I have to start thinking about the holidays. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, speaking of holidays, did you know it's Global Climate Strike Day? Uh, I did. You know why? Because I'm in downtown Mountain View and a climate strike protest walked by the office and started yelling at Wells Fargo. Yeah. I, was, I was like, yeah, you tell that Wells Fargo. You tell them. And, nice. Uh, the Wells Fargo donated a lot of money to the Dakota pipeline, you know, the uh, the oil pipeline up there. The, the, they've given the most money to support it out of all the big banks, apparently. Right. The, at least that's what they were chanting. Right. I don't well, know if that's true or funded not. it. I don't know if they donated it. I think they funded. It. Sure. Yeah. yeah they, sorry. Sorry. Funded. They issued the loans yeah. for it. Uh, yeah. It's. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know it was Global Climate Strike Day, and I am someone who might actually, you know, go out there and march as we burn the planet to the ground for future generations. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, Google announced some like they're building some data centers in Europe. They're going to use green technology, and it's going to be great in honor of Global Climate Strike Day. Also, probably to convince their workers, like, look, we're doing good things. Don't go outside and strike. Just stay, stay at your desks. Um, but uh, it's good. I mean, if tech uh, is, you know, uh, contributing to trying to solve some of these climate problems, I'm all about it. Um, Agreed. YouTube. Intro masthead unit. So a new ad unit for YouTube in the TV app to get those splashy TV ad dollars. This is quite a headline. (laughs) Um, So basically on Tuesday, YouTube added a masthead ad format within YouTube TV. Uh, So now you can get that via open beta. Ford used it. Uh, So this is very much making YouTube look more and more like TV. And if you've used YouTube lately, you can't avoid ads for YouTube wanting you to sign up for a premium and if you watch live sports, YouTube loves buying inventory on the networks mm-hmm. because they know live sports is like the last thing people watch on network TV. So I feel like YouTube buys so much live sports inventory and tries to convince you that you should be using YouTube to watch NBA playoffs and to be watching maybe NFL games. I haven't, I didn't see one for NFL, but back during NBA playoffs, I was like, I get it. I could watch the NBA on YouTube and I probably will in the future, to be honest. I, I have cable because it came with my internet, but yep. I do watch it just for NBA playoffs. but So no surprise YouTube doing more and more in TV. Yeah, and this is one that is like really expensive. If you've ever, you these are, these are expensive. So I've only had one advertiser buy one of these. It was like half a million dollars. It's a full day takeover. And so you get all those, see, all those impressions, no guarantee on clicks at all, right? And so they, they know on a given day about how many people visit each day and so each day is a little bit different depends on the inventory right and they're if they're wheeling and dealing because tomorrow's open right but now that masthead you can now see it in their app right so i you know if you're a youtube tv person uh which i am i got because of meg and the crappy tv that she wants to watch but 
now you see ads, you see YouTube, you see ads that are on YouTube, but they're showing up on your TV. And now you can do these takeovers. So it's a, actually, it's a brilliant way to get that TV commercial money. Um, hmm. Huge. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the example. So basically, it's a big banner at the top that starts playing a video with no sound on. And then mm -hmm. if you click it, it, it takes over the whole television and turns the sound on. So, uh, yeah, Which, very smart. I don't know who's clicking. Like, I, I rarely have my clicker in hand, right? <laughs> right. Well, oh, you know what gets, gets me is almost always movie previews or, like, the whole direct-to-consumer people doing, like, the purple mattress knockoffs like mm -hmm. these very silly videos like every now and then there's one for soap now like manly soap or something like that i don't know if you get that one um but there's definitely this formula of like this very tongue-in-cheek yep. you know video of some guy doing out you know silly things with a bigfoot running around behind him it's like purple mattress and uh all that poopery i thought i thought poopery right. and Matt purple mattress were like i think they were like one of the first two mm -hmm. companies that i remember at least that were started doing this and were very formulaic and have really laid the foundation. Right. For a well, lot of Dollar Shave Club was the, was the first, Club. according yeah. to the history of this D2C trend. They're the first that went like super silly where their CEO likes cursing. Oh, uh, that's right. You know, that's right. Because these razors are shit or something like that. But Purple then also became, I think, the most on video. They like that a bunch of them. Anyway, um, there's a lot of them now. And now it's kind of obnoxious because like every commercial is like that's that's not funny you're trying so hard but it's not funny yeah. anymore um all right so a few other to wrap up a few other networks let's see pinterest has some updates to the lens uh and they're now publishing some new stats on visual search so you can see more detail around uh what exactly people are pinning yeah i mean again pinterest does a really good job of highlighting what their audience is doing I'm, I'm always impressed with with that and so it's like really enticing you know so some of these are like 80 percent of pinners start with visual search when shopping versus 58 percent of non-pinners hmm. right or when shopping online for clothing and for, or furniture over 85 percent put more importance on visual information which is you know it's all great and then they also talked about their database for lens you know so lens is when you hold up um, you know, your, your Pinterest phone, it has the lens. You can like take a picture of something. They now have more than 2.5 billion objects across the home and fashion. And what that's allowing them to do is to, it just helps their AI recognize, right? And so they're able to find something, but then they're also showing you shoppable pins with it. And it, it's, it's brilliant. I, I think it's a really great strategy from what I see them doing. And I, as we can see with their revenue, it's only going up. So kudos to Pinterest. Good brand story and uh, product to really help, you know, shine. Yeah, I'd love to know the survey, like, size, like the sample size. The survey sounds unbelievable. Like, this many people start with visual search, like, start with an image. 80% of pinners start with visual search. I would guess visual search is like 5% or less of search usage. But now maybe like total search usage, right? I mean, I think even, uh, I think we could probably compare that to what Rand has done over there with Jumpstart, Jumpshoot with their data. I think like 20% of Google searches are images. So visual searches are probably even, so total search volume, I think Pinterest is like one, less than 1%. Right. So of it's the just... less than 1%, 80% of those, right? So it's definitely a small number, but it, it doesn't matter, right? All it does is show you, oh, I need to be on Pinterest 
and I need to be do, taking advantage of this. And that's what's brilliant about it. Uh, good luck, Pinterest. I'm, I'm gonna. I haven't used the Pinterest app in a while. I know that. I remember when. I know uh, Michael Ackerman over there. If you're listening, Michael Ackerman uh, runs a partner program, or he used to. <laughs> I think he's doing something else now. He every time he'd speak, he was kind of the you of of Pinterest, yeah, where he would go yeah, to every conference true. and talk Pinterest, just like you talk Cora. And his shtick was always lens. He'd everyone take out your phone and open your Pinterest app. And if you don't have it, you can download it. And then, you know, take a picture of your watch or, you know, and showed everybody lens. And that was like his thing he did. And it was, you know, interactive and people, ooh, yeah. And it got a bunch of users. It was really a very good shtick. So if Cora wants to do live translated questions via image, you know, that that works on stage. That's all I'm saying. I got to figure something out. Right. Uh, maybe you could just do like the, the baby lens or the gender swap lens in Quora somehow. <laughs> Big hits. Um, all right, Twitter. Well, so in general, social networks are trying all these, these different tactics to hide replies, to hide likes, to not show counts, you know, really trying to take some of the negativity out of uh, social media. Um, so there, there's a great article from TechCrunch from yesterday, or maybe it was from a few days ago, but sorry, from Wired, just in general, kind of covering all the different ways that the internet could be healthier without all these like counts and, you know, all the things I just talked about. And one of the things they talked about was Twitter, because Twitter has talked about getting rid of the like button, and then people go crazy on Twitter about how we absolutely need it. Also, like, if you told the heroin users you're going to take away heroin, they would probably go crazy. So I don't think it's a bad (laughs) thing to be like, all these people who are obsessed with counting the number of likes on their post are freaking out. Yeah, you're taking their heroin away. Of course they're going to freak out. Don't act surprised. Uh, of course they're going to be like, don't take my heroin. I really like it. Uh, especially it doesn't have the same stigma as her- heroin. Uh, but anyway, in that vein, specifically, Twitter just uh, yesterday, I believe, launched the hide reply feature. And I actually checked uh, on in Twitter this morning. And I have it. So if you get replies to your tweet, you can hide it. It's actually very similar to how if you run a Facebook page and people post on your page, you can hide it. And it, I don't know on Twitter, actually, but in Facebook, what happens is you hide it for everyone else except you and the person who posted it. So the person who posted doesn't know it was hidden. So you don't have to deal with them posting again, like they're hiding my post. Like they have them and their friends can see it on Facebook. (laughs) Everybody else can't. So it's pretty genius what Facebook did. I'm not entirely sure how Twitter's is going to work, but you can Mm -hmm. hide that user or hide that reply uh, without necessarily deleting it or having to block the user entirely. Yeah, we have something, we just uh, collapse, right? So um, after so many downvotes, so many like trolly, right? So whether that's through the bot or through users, it just collapses that reply or that comment or, you know, that answer even. So uh, it works out pretty well. Yeah, I feel like that's in comments in a few places I've seen where, like, you can see comments and then there's, like, a see all comments if you want to see the ones that look kind of spammy that the algo was like, these are probably spam. So hopefully that will clean up behavior a bit. On Twitter, uh, Snap real quick, they launch a 3D mode. I actually saw some of these, uh, not in real life, but I saw them in uh, this article. Basically, you take a photo and then move it. Like, it looks like you can move the head around a little bit like when you're looking at it it's kind of it's hard to describe but if you go to the article from TechCrunch um, it's 3D camera mode Instagram or Facebook has it Instagram is adding it you know so it's part of this whole every feature that Instagram or Snapchat add now the other one is going to copy instantly so that is coming to 
to uh, Snapchat very soon. Uh, and then LinkedIn. This one, I don't know why I put it in here. It's, it has nothing to do with ads. But uh, if apparently, if you want to find an expert on LinkedIn, there's a new feature where if you post, there's a find an expert button. And then uh, if you do that, if you post with that button, it automatically adds some hashtags that help it get more exposure and get more uh, feedback. So it's only available in the apps. It doesn't appear on desktop. So if you go on the app and you want to find an expert, do that. They'll throw some hashtags on it. And we'll see how that shapes the behavior on LinkedIn as LinkedIn tries to become more of a less, well, tried to become a newsfeed like Facebook, and now it seems like it's trying to become more of a search engine, uh, more, you know, help us, let us help, help you find like, stuff. Yeah, like with like referrals. I, I, I could see this one like, hey, uh, I'm looking for a freelancer to help me out with my logo, right? Whatever that is, right? But instead of going to all these freelancer sites like maybe Upwork, Fiverr, uh, that's who I see they're trying to really like compete with. And now you take that away from them. This gets adoption. And now you start charging for this, right? It becomes an ad unit. That, that would be my guess. That's Yeah, I mean, between the education stuff they have, <clears throat> and it really does feel like if you want to try to hire anyone or find a job, LinkedIn is trying to be that one, one-stop shop for hiring Correct. or getting a job training you with the skills, connecting you to people who need your services, letting you evaluate somebody before you hire them or the company before you go there. They should probably buy AngelList too. They should probably get better at like company mm -hmm. data. Their company data kind of blows. Um, the last story, Washington Post, did you see this one? Yet another network uh, yep. that's springing up. Uh, Washington Post wants you to be able to spend your Facebook dollars directly with the Washington post so they have their own ad network now powered by the greatest name of an ad, ad serving platform ever zeus prime zeus right release zeus, zeus prime uh basically you could just buy wapo inventory through zeus instead of having to buy display inventory through someone like facebook or google and this lets you, you know as in their in their pitch they tell you you get high quality inventory that's brand safe because you can't trust those Google and Facebook folks. They'll put you on some right-wing crazy pants stuff. Uh, but you can trust the Washington Post. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we saw, like, the Financial Times. So FT has done something similar. Hearst is planning to build their own platform for small buyers. Um, OpenX is doing the same. I mean, so it's, everyone's going self-serve. Everyone's really... Or, you know, really trying to get their own inventory and sell it because, hey, you make more money that way than selling the actual space, right? You can actually, like, charge your own premium CPCs or CPMs versus just being uh, the actual provider, the, the actual supplier. So I think it's a good move. It also, like, reduces dependency, which is also good. You're now in control of your own uh, pipeline versus... How much is Google going to give me? How much is Facebook going to give me? Right. I don't know what the rev share split is anymore for publishers. Um, but, you know, obviously, if you buy inventory from Facebook or Google, they take a, a, some chunk of it, 20%, 30%, 50%, depending on how you negotiate with them, of the cost of that inventory. So if you can get a direct, cut out the middleman, I mean, you probably increase your, well, you do increase your margins by some percentage that's bigger than zero. So if you can get people to buy your inventory direct, it's a little bit of back to the future. That's how it used to be before everybody just started buying display inventory through, you know, Google and the programmatic exchanges. So because it used to be IO based, so you'd be like, I don't want to deal with the Washington Post and like fax them an order 
So you really pushed them to get into all the programmatic networks, but now tech has caught up where they can all have their own little programmatic network and maybe give you a little discount. You know, they cut 30% off the Google cost, but still raise their prices or lower their prices 10% for you. Everyone's happy except Google and Facebook. So, well, those are all the headlines we have for you this week. If you want more, you can head over to blog.adsage.io and sign up for a newsletter and enjoy your week. See you guys.